If you're feeling stressed out and you got a big frown, listen to our show and slow the fuck down. Welcome to Slow the Fuck Down Show. Time to take a break from your fast-paced life. I'm sensuality coach Casey Hall. And I'm trauma healer Elizabeth Menzel. Each episode, we choose a theme and explore different stories, skills, and songs to help you deal with the cluster cuss that is life in the ongoing stress of the pandemic. On today's episode, slow the fuck down with blocking love. Get cozy, grab your favorite beverage, and soak in our soothing support. By the end of the episode, you'll walk away with practical skills that actually work. When you hear the words blocking love, your mind probably goes directly to blocking romantic love. And while that's definitely part of the problem, today we're focusing more on the subtle ways you block love from yourself that are so small, so automatic, that you don't even realize you're doing it. If you're ready to slow down and feel the joy, hopefulness, and peace of letting love in, we dedicate today's show to you. Around New Year's, I don't make resolutions. I do a process. I feel into the healing theme of the year. So when I did that at the beginning of 2021, the healing theme I got was love. And I felt scared. (laughs) (laughs) Be afraid. Be very afraid. And isn't that weird as someone who's a healer and bases their life on love and is always trying to get better at loving that I felt so scared that I would focus all of my energy and attention on love. And you know, I think because I have such a dedication to healing, to living in wholeness, to growing beyond my limitations, I think that I got afraid because I knew it would require me to deepen into my relationship with love itself. And I knew that that was gonna shake things up. And it has. Sure has. (laughs) Yeah. So from it, things have been created and things have been destroyed. And the things that needed to be destroyed were obviously were things that I'm not in alignment with and that needed to be let go of. And the things that needed to be created were the things that are in alignment with my highest good. So I want to say right off the bat that if you're human, you're going to block love. You're just going to do it. So I want to remove any of the the guilt or shame or shade or anything that even the thought of blocking love might bring up for you. We're here to share our experience and what we've learned on our own paths to help pave the way and make it easier for you. So this topic of blocking love is extremely near and dear to my heart because we block love in order to protect ourselves. When I just heard you say blocking love, I actually got a visual of a hockey goalie, right? Just kind of like there and like all of the pads and this tiny little goal behind them. And their job is to literally block the puck from going in behind (laughs) them. It's perfect because we, we block love to protect ourselves. Exactly. And we do it without knowing we're doing it. One of the ways I've been blocking love lately is I found these amazing 10 minute workouts. And I know that my body loves exercise. And that's proven to me literally every time I exercise, I feel that. But I block it by playing this mental game of, okay, well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it before my 12 o'clock meeting. And then 11 o'clock will come. And I have it a full hour. And rather than just doing it right away, I will go, okay, well, I have to eat. Well, 
oh, the guy's coming to the guy's coming to work on the house. I, I need to um I need to clean up the back porch. Oh, you know what? I should while I'm here, I should really order um I should order more supplies off Amazon and I will come up with <laughs> all of the reasons to fill that time until there's like nine minutes left before my 12 o'clock meeting. I'm like, oh, I don't have time to work out. And it is a way that I block love for my body. And it it drives me nuts. I'm getting better, but it's a way I block love. Uh, I can't relate at all to what you're talking about. <laughs> I do that same thing. I, I saw a cartoon that's like, I have to get up and exercise before my brain knows what my body is doing. <laughs> I love that. I totally relate it. I'm like, damn it, that's me. What are some other ways you block love? I think one of the ways that's especially common for women to block love is by not being able to receive a compliment. You know, I used to be really, really bad at this. If someone said like, oh, your hair looks great today, it can be like, oh, I know, like I hadn't gotten it done in ages. And then, you know, it only looks okay if my hairdresser does it. So I just got it done. Um, so that's why it looks good today. But like, it was just, I couldn't just say thank you. You know, I couldn't just let it in. I had to make all of these excuses and backpedaling. But I've really practiced. I've gotten better at it. Yeah. Almost every time I give a woman a compliment on their outfit, I hear, oh, thanks. You know, it was only $15 at Marshall's or some type of deflection or like actually devaluing it as if the sale justified the compliment somehow. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I wonder if that ties in to guilt around giving themselves something nice. The inability to let love in ties into several different things, but it plays out in, in a whole bunch of different ways. I don't know anyone who doesn't have trauma. People just don't know what they're feeling is the result of trauma. And one of the things that trauma does is when the traumatic situation happened, something dangerous or perceived as dangerous was happening to you. So something was coming at you that wasn't safe. And that's where we first learn to block what's coming in. But a block is a block is a block. So <laughs> when we block, the bad stuff from getting in, we end up blocking the good stuff from getting in. So we get into this habit of protecting of ourselves, of blocking what's coming to us in case it's not safe, but that keeps the good stuff out as well. And that totally ties into feelings of self-worth, feelings of self-love, feelings of self-confidence that all gets lumped together. So people can either just not let themselves have nice things or things that they do have, they feel guilt around. And it's all part of not being able to fully receive, fully let in love, goodness, nurturance, care. It's really a about a block in your receiving channels. And then that block becomes habitual and completely unconscious. In all these teeny tiny little ways, you're blocking things from getting in. One thing I started doing that I really, really love, um, before I give someone a compliment now, I'll look at them and I'll say, are you open to a compliment? And they kind of look at me and pause for a second, but it gives them that that time and that space, to, that perceived threat. Oh, and it preps them for the compliment. And then, um, you know, if they say yes, then I'll be like, gosh, I'll be like your outfit is gorgeous. It just looks really beautiful. You know, it works with your hair, your eyes or whatever the compliment is. And then... 
I get a lot more thank yous or um, I notice that it's it's able to be more easily received. That's interesting because you're actually asking permission. You're asking consent. Yeah. <gasps> Fascinating. I didn't even think of that angle of it. So there's all these ways. I mean, compliments one way, but there's all these ways that we don't let either items, you know, not letting ourselves wear the clothes we want to wear or be the style that we want to dress in. You know, you can see a cool style on someone and think, oh, I could never wear that. That's one of the ways you block love. Or like, I always wanted a Jeep, but I never let myself have it. When Dale and I first got together, he had a Jeep and I used to love driving that thing around Hollywood. But you know, damn, Jeeps are lemons. <laughs> the car was nothing but problems and a gas guzzler. So, you know, maybe in the long run, it was an act of love that I didn't get a Jeep. <laughs> There's all these mental and emotional and relationship ways that we don't let love in. Like one of the ways of not letting love in is by being really stubborn, like my way or the highway, right? Where you can't even take in the input from others and have a conscious, reasonable, diplomatic yeah, like an actual diplomatic exchange of ideas and come to a new solution, right? So that stubbornness just is a total block to love. And it can get you into this habit of thinking that people are against you, even when they're not. I went to school to be an adapted health and physical education teacher. And I remember when I was looking for jobs, I was so focused on getting a job in the best district that had adapted health and physical education teachers that I found myself just fixating on that as the only possible outcome. And I ran myself into the ground. And it wasn't till my like 30th job interview, I didn't get it, just sat back and I'm like, okay, what, what am I supposed to do then? And when I just gave up and Googled health educator, it was the first time that I realized that what I really, really wanted to do is help people improve their wellness and love themselves more. And it opened up all of these possibilities that I could never see before because I had to be an adapted health and physical education teacher in an amazing district in a position that was hiring that, which at the time, less than like 5% of the districts actually had adapted health and physical education teachers. You know, it's such a dance between being focused, focusing mentally is important. You know, having that that clarity, that mental focus, but you can also pigeonhole yourself when you are overly narrowly focused on something. Then you leave out all the juiciness of aligning with your highest good, opening your heart, doing what feels good. And so bringing that all together is really the magic sauce, right? Feeling what feels good in your body, opening your heart, having a clarity of focus and going in a direction, but only if it feels good. I mean, I've been doing a similar thing even lately where I thought I was <laughs> focusing my attention in a positive way to help build stability. And I was overly focused that that had to happen by us uh, acquiring and renovating the house. And it was like, I was putting all of my eggs in that basket and I didn't even realize that that basket was getting heavy. <laughs> And it was keeping out all of the other possibilities to create more wealth and financial stability in my life. And all of that came to a head and I had a big upset with my partner. 
but I'm coming out on the other side of that now. And I realized that my narrow focus was actually hurting me instead of helping me. I was narrowing my receiving channels to have goodness come to me in just one way. And now I've totally shifted. I'm opened back up. My heart is more open and flowing. I don't have that heaviness and tension around it anymore. And we may still get that house and fix it up. But man, do I feel utterly and completely different in the process of doing that. And it's opened us to a whole huge array of new avenues, new adventures, new collaborations, more love, right? I'm open. I'm letting it in. I'm letting the goodness in. I'm letting in more love. And it's going to get me more stability, more happiness, joy, fun, prosperity, all the things I wanted that I wasn't getting from doing it in this overly focused, tightened way that all it did was restrict my receiving channels. And it's also brought my partner and I closer together. It was hell for a few days. And now I feel like everything's up leveled. Our communication, our love, our sensuality, our fun, our life vision, like everything got up leveled from shifting out of blocking the love and shifting into opening up to even more love than what I was experiencing. You know, and I look at the little ways I've done that to myself. I'm like sitting here right now looking at my guitar and I've wanted to learn guitar since I was 11 years old. And I've had this ongoing drama <laughs> around learning guitar and it became like this big can't, I can't do that in my life. And I've just shifted into like, oh, I'm just gonna pick up my guitar, press on these notes. I had Dale showed me some chords and now I'm playing every day just for a few minutes. And it's changed this can't to a can. And I'm just trying to do that in every little area of my life. Like, oh, I can take a bath tonight. And I think that's a really useful tool too, right? When you when you hear that mental dialogue or even when you say it out loud and when you identify the can't and you change it to a can, that's a really gentle and subtle way to kind of redirect. I think of like a Roomba coming to a corner of the room and just getting like stuck, you know, hitting against the corner and then you come around and if it's a shitty Roomba, sensor ones, whatever, but you turn it around all of a sudden it's like, oh, I have this whole room I can clean. Exactly. But <laughs> yeah, the can the can turns you around to the whole room, right? It does. And, and, and in that way, it's like, thank you, can't. Yeah, if you can get yourself to the place where you can see the opposite. Over this last week, I've gotten really aware of what the can't feels like in my body. So it's like my forehead and my eyes get really tight. I wonder if I even scrunch up a little bit because it gets so tight and my heart area gets tight and constricted. And it's like, now I've identified that as my can't feeling. And so this uh, dorky voice comes into my head that says, I'm shifting that to my can-do spirit. And so that's what I've been doing is I feel the can't, I identify the can't, and then I'm like, okay, can-do spirit. I'm a can-do person now. <laughs> And boom, I'm, I'm like that Roomba. I shift around and boom, there's all the possibilities out before me. 
And, you know, I want to get really clear that we also all have our can'ts for really good reasons, too. You know, can'ts come from trauma and that blocking. And they also come from our societal trauma and conditioning. I mean, for fuck's sake, women have been told they can't do things for thousands of years. And we internalize that can't. People of color have a huge can't dumped on them from society. LGBTQ community. The 99%. We've all been given these huge can'ts from society over and over and over and over to the point where we turn them inwards and say them to ourselves and feel like we can't and feel a sense of hopelessness. So Yes, there's your personal part of your blocking love and your own can't, but there's also a lot of societal conditioning that's gone into creating that feeling inside of you as well. Throughout the pandemic, I've read a bunch of articles and I've personally coached people who are leaving jobs they hate. They're calling it the mass resignation. I mean, Casey and I know that that's just like this huge realignment. One of the things we said when we first started talking about doing this podcast was people are going to go internal. They're going to go into this big, massive slowdown and they're going to get to reevaluate their lives and the way that they're living it. And even then, a year and a half ago, we were like, people are going to realize they hate their job. <laughs> <laughs> And that is exactly what's happening. And it is, like we said in the beginning, it is one of the subtle ways that we block love. I mean, I know when I was in my job, the first couple years were amazing. And then it shifted to be really shitty. But at that point, it was so automatic that I couldn't see another option. But at the same time, I knew there were other options. But by staying exactly where I was in my comfortable, predictable job, I was guaranteeing that I stayed exactly where I was, stuck where I was, because I was blocking all of the love around me that couldn't get in. And it's so wild now in my Roomba moment where someone turned me around and I could see the rest of the room. What I do now for a living is teach people how to love themselves and show up for themselves and love their bodies more like that's what I'm doing for a living. And what feeds that is just all of these constant streams of opportunities that are that are imbued with love. Yeah. So you're really letting more love in. Yeah. Yeah. It's great to be able to look back and see the contrast. People often don't think of being in a job they hate as blocking love from themselves. And it doesn't even have to be something that you really necessarily even hate. It could just be something that you've outgrown and you stay in because it's comfortable, it's familiar, and there's bills to pay. You know, shifting jobs does have to do with life or death. It is a very big deal. It does create very realistic threat. You've got to be able to pay your rent, mm -hmm. keep food on the table, take care of your kids. You know, thinking about switching jobs when you are in the 99% <laughs> is it's a very big deal. And we're not underestimating what it takes to shift from a job you've outgrown or that's not really working for your schedule into something that would be better for you. What we're bringing in here is open up to receive love and support so that it can help you make those shifts. We try to force ourselves to do these really hard things on our own. Humans aren't made to do things on their own. We're made to let love in. We're 
made of love. That's the experience I had when I had my glimpse of enlightenment in 2003, that every single part of us is made of love. The computer molecules, the desk, the wall, <laughs> like every single molecule is a molecule of love. That was my perception and perspective of that moment. And when you look at your life through that lens, through that lens is everything's love, everything's here to support me. I'm going to let that in. I'm going to open up and let that in. I don't have to fight my way through. I don't have to make you into my enemy and be at war. I can open up, let love in, be loving, be loved, support be supported and up level that little bit at a time. You don't have to throw all this upheaval into your life. You can stair step your way up to better and better and better things. You can open up a little at a time. You know, if you open up too much or too fast, or, you know, sometimes people have these huge awakenings and they get flooded or even though it's goodness, it's too much coming in at a time. And even that can be traumatizing. And then you shut back down even tighter. So doing things a little bit at a time is the safe, healthy way to keep steadily growing and opening up your receiving channels, opening up your ability to love. And, you know, receiving is the energy frequency of the feminine, of feminine energy. Masculine energy goes out there, goes forth, has action, does, and gives. And feminine energy lets it in and receives. So a lot of what I see, because I primarily work with women, is these women who are taking all of the responsibility of everything onto their own shoulders. I mean, I just got off the phone with my bestie, and she's a super aware woman, and she admitted the patterns she's fallen back into to do everything all by herself. And that's part of having your receiving channels be closed and not letting yourself fully honor your own feminine energy that lets yourself receive love, help, support, nurturance, care, fun, playfulness. These are all the feminine energy qualities. So a huge part of the work I do and, and the work that Casey and I are doing in the love school is teaching you how to open your receiving channels in a safe way so that you actually can receive that love, help, support, prosperity, health, the things that you really want to receive we're going to help you get into that receiving mode. And we're so excited about it. We really want you to, to go to that site, the love.school, and read everything and feel if it's right for you. My hope is that you'll read through it and just a huge sense of relief will come over you and you'll be like, oh, yes, finally, this is what I've wanted. This is what I've been looking for. So go ahead and check that out and if you get that inner green light, enroll right away so that you can reap the extra goodies and benefits. And so you can get in there before we sell out. So one of my favorite things that I took away from my love, sex, and relationship coaching certification uh, was this idea of celebrating yourself. I live in the States and we're very good at celebrating, right? Any, anything is an excuse to celebrate. Um, <laughs> but celebrating yourself is different. It feels unnatural because society has taught us to not do that in many ways. And so I've been celebrating myself more and more over the past 
past two to three years. And it's the first thing that I do with my clients on every single coaching call. And what it does is it redirects your focus to what you're doing well, what you're grateful for. And that in and of itself, let's love in. And so I love the practice of celebrating myself. I love when my clients celebrate themselves. And what I see time and time again is in the beginning, it's kind of a, you know, a little uncomfortable and we really take time to sit there and let them feel into okay, what's something I'm celebrating about myself? Because it just feels so unnatural because the brain is is wired to protect us. So it's focused on what's what's different, what's wrong, what needs to be better. And, and I've seen in my friends and in my clients that once you kind of work through the ickiness and the uncomfortableness of celebrating, that it becomes something really fun. And then they start to celebrate more. And then their friends are like, well, what are you doing? And they tell their friends and they tell their friends. And all of a sudden you have a group of people who is celebrating themselves more. And I love the momentum that builds because it, it literally, it, it's like a slow growing of love and it's a way to really infuse that into your friend group, into your family group. Yeah, we open our game night every Friday night with wins. And all of my friends that are in that particular group have never done wins before. They've never done self-celebration. And so we've been doing that since the first week of the pandemic. And now we got together in person the other day. <laughs> it was so great because we just automatically went into sharing wins when we got together and, and self-celebrating. It was so beautiful. And it really, it opens your heart. It builds energy. It builds the capacity for that self-appreciation. It's a, it's naturally opens those receiving channels and lets the love in. And, you know, you can let love in from you to you, right? Where the love is coming from you and going to you and going from coming from you and going to you. And that's that tantric level of circulating your own love through you at a higher and higher level, which always increases your health, improves your relationships, builds your capacity for prosperity. There's so much focus on doing things in the outer world, and that's important too. You know, gaining outer world skills, super important, but the foundation and what makes your outer world skills work better is a strong inner world practice. And this turning your love back onto you builds your capacity to be able to feel safe enough to open to receive love from others and to receive goodness from the universe. I want to give a couple examples of celebrations because I still think if people hear celebrations, you're probably thinking a goal has to be accomplished or you have to have gotten a promotion or it's your birthday. But there's teeny tiny celebrations like I made a decision to love my house and celebrated her 111 years on this earth by hiring a painter to paint her this week. I celebrate that I completed 10 minutes of a workout today that I had a lot of resistance around. I celebrate that I had a really strong emotion come up last night that I've been navigating for a couple months and I moved through it faster than I had before. I celebrate that even though I've dropped Dale off at the airport probably 200 times and I just drop him off at the curb, today I said, I don't want to drop you off at the curb. I want to park and come in. And he was like, okay, that's not fun. And we've literally like never even thought about it before. And <laughs> so I parked and went in and we had a whole hour 
extra hour together. And we had the deepest, most beautiful talk. And I feel even more united when he left. I celebrate that I went to pay the parking to leave the airport and didn't have my wallet on me. And I didn't sit there and yell at myself and berate myself for being a stupid idiot for not having my wallet. I just took deep breaths. I found some cash and I got out of there. And even in that meantime, I was like, wow, if I don't find any cash, Casey's going to have to come rescue me. (laughs) (laughs) And I celebrate that I did all of that where in the past I would have gone into a panic and I would have been really mean and harsh on myself. And lastly, I celebrate that despite getting hooked on two Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I have not binged watched multiple episodes. That's kept me up way later than I should be up and have actually gone to bed on time. Cuckoo, 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 cuckoo. And honestly, if you were to ask me to celebrate myself even four years ago before this course, I would have sat here and just been like, uh, um, uh, mm, trying to like, recall the latest version of my resume and and recite something from that. So it's it's a practice and it gets easier and it gets more fun and more accessible. And it is an amazing way to let love in. So next up is your slowdown interview followed by your slowdown skills and slowdown song right after a word from our sponsor. Hey, Slowdown fam, it's me, Mother Nature. I receive love when you tend my gardens, when your children play on my grass, when your pets play fetch with my sticks, and when you pick up your trash after a picnic. If you feel blocked, odds are I do too. So please do your part to let love in so that I can keep letting your love in. We both need and deserve good love. And now for your slow down interview. Today, we are so excited to welcome Megan McGinnis to the show. Megan McGinnis is a Pittsburgh native who's been an environmental activist with Clean Water Action, as well as a registered nurse for over two decades. She's a mother of two, partner to a great man, works from home, and is trying to keep it all together while navigating the pandemic. That is a familiar story these days. It sure is. Welcome to Slow the Fuck Down Show, Megan. Hi, it's so good to be here. Thank you for having me. I have been donating to Clean Water Action for years, and um, Megan has been helping me out with that. And one of the things that I really appreciate is, Megan, you you always take the time to slow down and talk to me, to check in and see how I'm doing and explain to me, you know, where where my money is going and what Clean Water Action is doing with that. And so I really have always appreciated that about you. In that way, you have helped me slow down. And so I'm curious, how has slowing down helped you? Honestly, it really sort of saves my sanity through everything that's going on, actually taking the time to stop and breathe and just focus on what's important, take a little internal time to find a little inner peace because things have been chaotic, not only for me, but for a lot of people. 
just honestly taking a breath every now and again, a purposeful breath, one that you just stop and go, okay, big deep breath in and out. Even just a brief second of time can really change the tides because it's so easy to become overwhelmed and it just taking those moments whenever you can find them can save your day. (laughs) And it's so effective because when we take that moment to stop and breathe, we are changing the oxygen to carbon dioxide ratio inside of our body. And we're sending a signal to our brain that we are safe and we can slow down. It's such a small thing to stop and take a breath, but such a huge thing biologically. As a nurse, it it fends off that fight or flight response. That's what we're talking about, Megan. (laughs) (laughs) Right? It's the fight, flight, freeze, faint. It literally recalibrates your brain to get you out of that stress response, switch your hormones. So that breath does a lot of good work for your body and mind. Yes, it does. I know that even before we jumped on this call, I was running around trying to find this little electric connector cord and it was in my bag. And as I'm running, I'm going, breathe, breathe. (laughs) So yeah, absolutely. And it is so simple, but it's so effective. And, you know, you, you mentioned that these, these times that we're in are a lot to deal with in and of themselves, but um, is there any way that the pandemic has forced you to slow down? It has. It's brought to the front of my mind how much more important it is to actually take time to care for yourself and do the things that you need. Not that it's always possible, but putting the work into at least focus on yourself when you can, because being at home, being in the same surroundings, things not changing, all of a sudden you realize that you have to turn inward a little bit. Because when we're out going to work, going to the store, going to a movie, everything is moving so quickly that you can easily forget. But being at home so much more, it actually stops you like, okay, I have to do something because I'm in this same space all the time. And all you can do is sort of change your headspace. So it really, really has forced me to pay more attention to where my mental space is, what what I'm living with and dealing with in my own head, because it's brought more to your attention when your surroundings aren't changing and you're not running around and doing everything like you used to. I really love that. Since a lot of people are staying at home and can't change their physical space as easily, it's even more important that we get skillful at changing our headspace. Couldn't agree more because it's so easy to get wrapped up in it. It was last winter. I kept hitting this spot where I was just going crazy because I was in the house 24 hours a day with a new baby and the six-year-old running around like a spaz and everything was so structured and so routine. And then you're dealing with the kids because Kaylin said to me at one point, she's like, I love him, but he stole my life. 
Oh my god. <laughs> I was like, well, she's not actually wrong. Yeah, seriously. She's not wrong. She, it was a really insightful statement. So yeah, there was so much change and then you're just stuck in it constantly. And I kept saying to Jordan, I was like, I'm going crazy. And that was the point that the pandemic really made me stop and say, okay, things have to change and nothing externally is going to change it in the foreseeable future. So what do I do to make this livable for me? And that's where <laughs> taking gratitude, gratitude was a big thing that I used. I'd say we, we talk about gratitude in 70% of our podcast episodes, because it's such a powerful energy frequency. It's such a powerful mind shift and per perspective shift. I'm glad you have experienced firsthand the power of gratitude. Tell us more about that. What was your experience? Well, it's really hard to be pissed off if you're feeling grateful. And honestly, like it, they're, they're conflicting emotions. It's pretty hard to be mad if you're feeling grateful. So it's like I'm unloading the dishwasher for the second time that day and bottles and everything else. And it's those moments in my normal day to day, doing dishes, doing laundry, picking up toys off the floor that I stop and I force myself go, okay, I'm so grateful that my kids are safe and healthy and they have all these wonderful toys for me to pick up off the floor. I'm <laughs> I'm glad that we have enough food that I'm cooking three meals a day and making all of these dirty dishes and Amen. just changing the way I look at it because it's easy to get frustrated doing these same tasks over and over and over again. You end up hating doing it, but then when you stop and find something directly related to what you're doing that you're grateful for. And that was something I picked up from you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to your podcast, that was something I picked up from you too. And so that's definitely something I want to reiterate. And it can be hard when you're in the throes of an emotional spin and you're getting aggravated. It's been a long day, whatever's happened to stop. And it's that slowdown, that moment that you freeze everything that's happening and decide to make the change. That's the hardest part, I think. Yeah, the choice point. Stopping the momentum of <laughs> whatever ungrateful or shitty thoughts you're having, having stopping that <laughs> momentum and then changing direction. Yeah. I mean, it's the same in sports, right? Like you're full going one way and then to, that's what, what sports teams work on a lot is the stop, the pivot, change direction. And it's a lot for your brain to do that. Mm -hmm. Whether you're physically doing it emotionally or mentally doing it, it's a lot because there's so much momentum going into the direction that you're going in. So I love that you have found the magic of the slowdown. Yeah. And that you just slow it down have that still point and turn it and you're doing it. We can guarantee for you and all of our slowdown fans that the more you do it, the easier it gets. That it does. Right? And then you start to be able to do it even in really hard times. Like a couple of weeks ago, I got my first colonoscopy and preparing for it was a nightmare. And while I was getting sick, I was saying, thank you, body. Thank you for processing all of this. Thank you for getting me through this. I love you so much. I appreciate you. I know this is a hard time, but we're getting through it. And I got 
to the the doctor's office and there was a huge cluster cuss there. And I was like, in my mind saying, thank you, uh, doctors and nurses and employees for doing all that you can. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was hot and muggy in there. And after I really started doing this gratitude, they turned the AC on and like the whole atmosphere <laughs> changed. And I was like, thank you, AC. Right? And then I'm running to the bathroom again. But it, like, it, it was a tough situation, but you get to the point where even when it's like that, you can still bring in the gratitude and you can do it because you've made the neural pathway. The neural pathway to gratitude is paved strong in Casey and I, so we can be in the shit and do it. Literally. Right, right. <laughs> Anybody who's ever had the colon prep, oh my gosh. <laughs> and it sounds like, Megan, that like you're really building your skill and ability to. Well, thank you. And yeah, like I said, the inspiration came from you two in listening and picking out pieces like, okay, what can I functionally apply in my day? Because you have to find something that fits or else it's not going to work. And taking the moment to breathe, taking the moment to appreciate something little in front of you, that's doable. It's it's not a huge interference. You're not spending 20 minutes three times a day meditating. It's just a split second that you're able to impact how you are feeling. And that split second does it. It's amazing. If you can remember to do it, <laughs> it works. It does. It absolutely does. Man, you're just like giving the great slowdown advice. I'm loving it. I'm loving it too. And it sounds like you took some concepts from gratitude from our podcast, but you applied them to yourself. And I can I can imagine that the people out there who are working from home, who are parents who have these busy lives are probably going, Oh, my gosh, I never thought of that. So thank you for bringing that to this show. And thank you for sharing your slowdown wisdom through your lens so that it can help others too. And I imagine there are plenty of people that are going through the same thing. Because I mean, as parents and particularly as mothers, so much is falling on the women in households that I've made the joke to Jordan that I'm like, oh my gosh, I miss the days when I used to just be able to go to work where it's like, I have to do everything I do in a day in the house plus work on those days. <laughs> So it's double duty. Absolutely. It's like you, there was already two full-time jobs and now there's more. So is there a song that whenever you're wanting to slow down that you like to play? I thought and thought and thought about this one. And I am such a music fanatic, we all are, that I can't pick one. And it also depends on my mood. Sometimes I love those nature sounds. It's just wonderful. Sometimes I just want something that I can sing to because I love to sing and that's a way that I'm able to sort of disconnect from the outside world and just turn inside and sing and focus on my body and my breathing and what I'm doing. So sometimes I just put on a song that I can belt out at the top of my lungs and that is what calms me and changes my mood, makes me happy. So I struggled trying to come up with a song. I couldn't do it. <laughs> every night through the monitor end up listening to this soothing piano classics for sleeping babies because we play that every night for the kids and they both love it it's like if the alexa has a meltdown and it turns off in the middle of the night tristan will wake up it's crazy we have them so hooked on music too 
but every night we end up listening to that. And so that's one of, that's the one thing I was able to pick out was an, a mix from Alexa of all things. <laughs> it's just become part of their routine, having that calming piano music in the evening to help wind them down. Anybody who has a seven-year-old and almost two-year-old come bedtime, that's the most exciting time where they want to do everything but sleep. That's where music is a big part of our nightly ritual routine slowing down. We have that playing through the house as you walk through, you can hear it through the speakers in different places. And so it just sort of sets this mood, winds down the whole house. <laughs> you just gave a great tip to thousands of parents. So thank you so much. It's so smart. It's so smart. I used to have a teacher, Isaac Shapiro, who said, make yourself beautiful for sleep and then sleep will want to come and take you. And you make yourself beautiful for sleep with this slowdown music. I love it. And then I feel like it's also cueing, right? It's kind of cueing like, hey, nighttime is coming. It's time to wind down. And it's doing it non-verbally. It's doing it almost um, you know, from a frequency standpoint with the music. So that's great. Smart. Right, because it actually changes brainwave frequency. So yeah, super smart. So how can our slowdown fans support clean water action? The easiest thing to do is hop on our website. It's cleanwater.org. We have it broken down into our national campaigns, our state campaigns, local issues. And I mean, being from Pittsburgh, we're working on the lead ordinance. We're working on a single-use plastic ban. And we focus a lot on air pollution issues from Clareton Coke Works. But it's more expansive that anybody in the whole country can get involved in these things because we're working on lead service line replacement nationally through Biden's infrastructure plan. And we have petitions and letters that are already pre written that people can go and send out. Our website will find their state legislators, their federal legislators, and automatically direct it to the correct people. So it's very user-friendly and there's a lot of information for anyone who is interested in environmental protection. We do it more from a legislative perspective that we really get involved in the state bills, federal bills that really change how the pollutants are regulated or how we actually correct them. So we absolutely need help at any time just with the letters and petitions because getting our voices out there, being heard, is how we can come up against these billion-dollar companies when we're a small grassroots organization from the 70s that took root and is now over a million members. Clean water affects every single human and animal. So I feel certain that our Slowdown fans are going to want to support cleanwater.org because it's in everybody's best interest. The whole concept of when you look good, you feel good. When you feel good, you do good. It's like if your body is being poisoned with contaminated water, polluted air, that affects how you feel. It affects what you're actually able to put back into the world because if you're sick because of asthma or because of a digestive issue because your water's bad, it can really affect not only who you are but how you feel on every single episode, the sponsor of our show is Mother Nature. And so she normally gives some 
rather sassy advice um, on how people can play a bigger role in showing up and supporting the environment. Cleanwater.org. Awesome. And as always, we will put that link on facebook.com slash slow the F down show, our Patreon page, patreon.com slash slow the F down show. Thank you so much, Megan, for all that you do. So grateful to have you and your slow down wisdom. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate both of you and what you share and put out there for people really trying to help. And I appreciate the way that it has impacted my life and my thought processes. And I'm more than happy to have been here to help. And now for your slowdown skill. This is a very simple skill and it's one that I love. The next time someone gives you a compliment, Inhale and receive the compliment. Exhale and simply say, thank you. This episode's slowdown song comes from Danya and Ayel Rivlin. It's off their album, Temple, and the song is Coming Home. And it's such a beautiful, lilting invitation to come back home to yourself. And Danya's beautiful voice is so soothing. She sings in English and in Hebrew. When I heard this song, my eyes just automatically closed and both my hands came to my heart. There's something about her voice that is just like inviting. Mm, yeah. Danya is a force to be reckoned with. She is strong and sweet. It's a great combination. So you can go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash slow the F down show and become a patron and get a whole bunch of goodies plus the link to this slowdown song. Or you can go to our Facebook page, slow the F down show. So Elizabeth, what was your favorite part of today's show? Really dropping into the connection between honoring your feminine energy and opening your receiving channels. Just because that's something I've had such a long personal journey with and really love helping other people on that journey of using their feminine energy to heal and open up and let more love in. Casey, what was your favorite part of today's show? I really enjoyed the discussion around can't being a pointer to the areas in which we might be blocking love and how switching it to can is kind of that that visual of redirecting the Roomba who's hitting the corner. <laughs> <laughs> totally works for me, that visual. <laughs> Dale said to change your can't to Kant, meaning Immanuel Kant, the German philosopher. So perfect. <laughs> so perfect. <laughs> Thank you for listening and enjoy your slowdown. If you love our show, become a patron. You'll get tons of goodies. Go to patreon.com slash slow the F down show and pick the tier that feels best to you. Thank you so much for your love and support. If you're feeling stressed out and you got a big frown, listen to our show and slow the fuck down.